story fourteen of gulliver the great and other dog stories by walter a dyer this librivox recording is in the public domain story fourteen tom sawyer of the movies as you enter the third floor of the new york public library from the elevator and turn to the right into the corridor i can tell in a minute whether you are a dog lover or not if you are the first thing you notice will be sir edwin landseer's dog in a stable hanging on the opposite wall of the picture gallery directly ahead of you he is not one of landseer's superb collies or high-born spaniels he is quite definitely the dog of a british hostler with a patch over one eye and a muscular chest and shoulders quite out of proportion to his alert and entirely adorable little head you can almost feel the velvet hardness of it in the cup of your hand just such a dog was tom sawyer he had the pointed nose and bright eyes of a fox terrier the sturdy body of an english bull terrier and one or two elusive variations in conformation and markings that suggested a casual disregard for consequences in his choice of forebears from the point of view of the fancier he was woefully lacking in class and unlike more highly bred animals he seemed to be quite unsensitive to ridicule but you could see with half an eye that he was all dog bone brawn heart and brain he never could learn the proper relation between clean dresses and muddy paws and he acquired an insatiable appetite for cheese and mischief he was not what you could rightly call a dignified dog but if i should attempt to tell you all that tom sawyer knew you would never believe me having no desire to be classed as a nature faker i will confine myself to a few incidents that may be easily verified and leave you to draw your own conclusions i first saw tom sawyer sitting on a damask sofa in a big moving-picture studio in chicago hunting desperately for a flea real or imaginary that appeared to have sought refuge on an inaccessible portion of his back a property man coming up with an armful of draperies for a parlor scene that was being set up in the studio brushed him off the sofa with an agile foot and tom addressed the man vigorously in canine billingsgate i had gone to the big movie workshop to see how the reels are made but i found myself devoting most of my attention to tom sawyer he was the most nervously active individual in a very busy place at times he would pause long enough to receive the gushing attention of some actress with very red lips and very black eyebrows but for the most part he was constantly on the move once in an excess of enthusiasm at recognizing an actor friend in an unusual make-up he dashed into a kitchen scene from one of george ade's fables and the operator had to stop his clicking machine and make a note to cut out a yard or two of film while tom sawyer was led protestingly away later in the outdoor studio back of the building he broke up a garden party scene by chasing a property rooster under a table laden with lemonade glasses and yet no one pursued tom sawyer with murderous intent i got into conversation with harry mcallister who takes juvenile parts and is particularly good in erring sun scenes and he told me about tom sawyer it seems that tom wet and dirty had wandered into a movie theatre in racine the previous april and had sat in the aisle during the entire evening watching the screen with the absorption of an habitué where he had come from no one knew and when the show was over he showed no intention of going out again into the rain 
when jack searle the operator came down from his eyrie he gave tom a piece of chewing gum which tom promptly swallowed and sat up for more he followed jack out and jack bought him a bun and went home next day tom was on hand at the theatre with the rest of the fans a week or two later jack had to go to chicago to get fixed up at headquarters and he brought tom with him and presented him to the assembled multitude this tom accepted philosophically and proceeded to make himself at home why he was not kicked into the street during the first week i do not know for the misdemeanors recorded against him are too numerous and shocking to print he was chastised but continued incorrigible the fact remains that his life was spared long enough for him to wriggle his unregenerate way into the heart of every human being in the establishment from the business-like general manager to the red-headed boy who assisted the property men in return for the honor of conversing occasionally with sam davis the mad motorist of the company it was sam by the way who first conceived the idea of making use of tom sawyer three or four months later when i again visited the movie factory i saw sam pulling out of the alley in his low-backed car with tom sawyer sitting soberly upright on the radiator with a small derby hat on his head and a big briar pipe in his mouth for a dog who could never be taught ordinary obedience he had taken with astonishing aptitude to such tricks as seemed to him a bit waggish or unconventional the following winter in springfield massachusetts my eye was caught by a poster in front of a moving picture theatre announcing a photo comedy entitled the day of the dog i am not a movie fan generally speaking but i always take in a picture play that has a dog in it i have never yet been disappointed the moment the figures of one or two of my chicago actor acquaintances appeared on the screen i had a swift premonition of what was to follow and i was not surprised though highly delighted to observe my old friend tom sawyer presently enter the picture hanging tenaciously to the seat of billy smith's trousers from that point the film was a scream tom sawyer treat a pair of lovers upset a butler with a trayful of tea things dug a big hole in a newly made geranium bed and finally tore down a pair of blazing curtains and so rescued a real baby no pun intended from a horrible fate my sophisticated eye caught indications now and then of a cutout due i had no doubt to certain irregularities and the insertion of unscheduled business in tom's acting but on the whole he took his part with accuracy and zest and i feel sure the producer had felt no call to urge him to put more pep into it he was unquestionably the star of the performance now the rest of the story i learned from my witnesses including miss fanny mortimer herself though i should have believed it knowing tom sawyer even if i had read it in a newspaper of course you have a fourth row acquaintance with fanny mortimer known from fresno to provincetown as the queen of the movies no doubt you have often been drawn moth-like to the arc-lighted lure of a fanny mortimer night it is she whose pretty girlish features appear on the dressing-table of your idolizing niece or maybe your nephew 
it is she who can circumvent bediamonded villains behind closed doors who can shoot down mountain sides on skis and ride unsaddled broncos across the chaparral to the nearest doctor and rescue struggling athletes from drowning or rake hay adorably in a maud muller role it was fanny mortimer who at length adopted tom sawyer twenty-five miles out from new york on the hempstead plains where it is possible to find a stretch of country that looks in a picture exactly like a dakota prairie miss mortimer and her cortege put in three solid and exasperating weeks training tom sawyer to his part in the great three-reel american photodrama sweet sally of the badlands i have seen the play since and it is a wonder the climax comes in the third reel when peter a lamb of a horse that looks a raw-boned devil having had a burr inserted beneath his tail by the jealous rival runs away with sweet sally across a treacherous marshy alkali flat to the eminent peril of her neck at the psychological moment her little dog trixie whom the rival has previously attempted to poison appears providentially from a thicket leaps at peter's head catches the bridle in his teeth and hangs on until sally regains control of her maddened steed my inquiries as to the details of tom sawyer's training for this thrilling role have brought me no very definite information but i gather that there was some profanity used on the hempstead plains last april apparently he and peter invented a little game of their own that did not fit in with the purposes of the drama and the price of seven rattan whips and two pounds of strong cheese was added to the bill of expenses before it seemed to dawn upon tom sawyer that he was expected to restrict his energies to a single course of action having once learned however it proved difficult to restrain him from seeking a pendant ride from peter's bridle whenever the horse broke out of a walk when finally after prodigious expenditure of films and temper the great scene had been permanently recorded for the future delectation of the american public miss mortimer took rooms in an uptown hotel in new york in order to devote a week or two to dressmaking and recuperation it was on the first day of may that the adventure befell to which i have been so laboriously leading up at ten o'clock in the morning miss mortimer had her favorite horse saddled and brought around to the hotel not the rough roistering peter but her glossy black mazippa she appeared in a silver-gray corduroy riding outfit with knickerbockers and patent leather boots that made three bell-boys two clerks and the man at the cigar stand cease operations and stare beside her trotted tom sawyer with a new tan collar about his thick plebeian neck it was a perfect spring day in central park the sun shone warmly through the little red leaves of the maples and the filmy green of the birches nursemaids with perambulators were out in full force and the heart of fanny mortimer was glad likewise that of tom sawyer who promptly stole a stick of taffy from the chubby hand of a surprised young heiress and headed for cover a gruff voice caught miss mortimer's ear and she beheld a stalwart and not unattractive policeman pointing to a very obvious sign which stated that the park ordinances forbade all persons to allow dogs to run at large tom sawyer was most certainly at large his joyous bark was heard once or twice but he did not reappear miss mortimer 
favoured the policeman with a winning smile and promised to hail the dog forth from the forbidden ground but the promise was more easily made than kept tom sawyer had apparently set out upon some quest of his own devising and his mistress was troubled with a foreboding that her morning's pleasure was to be marred she made her way at length into the bridle path in the hope that the sound of mazeppa's canter would draw tom sawyer's forth from his retreat it would be rather disgraceful to have him arrested the bronco-busting sally of the badlands had been transformed into a charming park equestrienne and many were the admiring glances that were turned upon her but she observed them not her eyes and ears were strained to catch sight or sound of a little law-breaking terrier as she approached a drive that crossed the bridle path she was suddenly aroused from her preoccupation by a shrill scream and the wild galloping of a horse from the left around a turn in the drive there rushed into view a foam-flecked runaway horse dragging a swaying trap in which were seated a man and a woman the latter pale and wide-eyed with terror and the former leaning forward clutching the dashboard and calling loudly on the horse to woe the runaway with dilated nostrils and dragging reins came dashing along at top speed a hundred yards behind and gaining but slowly pounded a mounted policeman in hot pursuit to her right around another bend miss mortimer caught a glimpse of careless strollers and the white frocks of children she dug her heels into mazeppa's glossy sides and he leapt into the driveway turning sharply to the right just as the runaway shot by gathering full speed mazeppa took up the chase but the runaway had a flying start and miss mortimer found herself only a few lengths ahead of the policeman who shouted to her an unheeded warning it was a stern chase with the chances in favor of a tragedy somewhere around the bend and miss mortimer's heart sank as she took in the situation then as though prearranged by some resourceful producer a swift animated bolt shot out from the shrubbery across the road and straight at the head of the runaway it was tom sawyer performing his hard-learned trick oh why was there no clicking machine nearby to record the most gallant exploit of tom's career on a ribbon of imperishable film he caught the right-hand rein four inches from the bit and closed his young jaws upon it the horse suddenly conscious of a new terror veered sharply to the left nearly upsetting the trap and then plunged on again this was old peter's cue to slow down and come rearing to a standstill but the runaway a powerful chestnut gelding only felt the inexplicable dead weight of tom sawyer's solid bulk tugging at his mouth and strove with frenzied violence to shake it loose poor tom was in a perilous plight now swung far out to the right now crashing back against the runaway's heaving chest it was doubtless some hideous trick they were playing on him but he only closed his eyes and hung on it was fortunate for him that the shaft of the stylish trap was curved down at the end or he must have been impaled upon its brass ferrule but no horse can keep up a two-twenty clip with forty-eight pounds of tenacious dog hanging from his bit and though the chestnut's mighty tossings were dangerous to the equilibrium of the light trap his speed perceptibly diminished and miss mortimer and the policeman began to close up the gap 
the harness was new and strong and held fast and the trap still managed to keep right side up its occupants were thus far uninjured a scream or two had sent men women and children scurrying to the sides of the road and none had been hurt but ahead there was another and sharper turn in the drive and one knew not what lay beyond it with a little cry of desperation miss mortimer applied her quirt to the now reeking mazeppa then with the bend a rod ahead the runaway in an excess of exasperation and fright broke into a series of short mad leaps rearing and straining his powerful neck in a last violent effort to rid himself of his incubus and tom sawyer was hurled into the rhododendrons with a bit of leather still clamped between his teeth in an instant miss mortimer was reaching for the runaway's head and in another the policeman had him on the other side and the race was over handing mazeppa's bridle to a bystander the actress petulantly waved aside proffered congratulations and the stammering thanks of the man in the trap and ran back to where tom sawyer lay quietly upon his side where he had fallen fanny mortimer save in her professional capacity was not an emotional person but her eyes were streaming and her hands trembling as she knelt in the dusty grass beside the still form of her terrier i knew he was dead and i loved him so she cried to me afterward forgetting her smiling reserve in the telling of this tale she lifted the sturdy naughty little head to her knee smoothing the velvet forehead very gently with her fingers and choking back the sobs then something happened that made her catch her breath a swelling appeared in tom sawyer's throat and a struggling painful effort to swallow then a half perceptible little gasp and a slight relaxing of the set jaws miss mortimer's hand flew down to the soft warm place between his forelegs and felt a little irregular flutter there she bent her lovely lips to his notched right ear and whispered his name there was a movement of his lips and brows and for a brief moment he opened his eyes and looked bravely up at her just then phil harris pushed through the small circle of silent spectators and knelt by miss mortimer's side he had recognized her and he had heard about tom sawyer from me i have sent for a taxicab miss mortimer said he and will get him back to your hotel tell me which one it is and we'll have a veterinarian up there in twenty minutes she looked up at him gratefully she didn't notice the cynical lines about his world-weary mouth but only the moisture in his eyes for phil harris had owned an airedale once that oh, but this is tom sawyer's story very tenderly they lifted him to the seat of the taxi and very slowly they drove back to miss mortimer's hotel in the bright may sunshine leaving the mounted policeman to fulfil his promise to look after mazeppa at the entrance of the park a sudden whim seized the queen of the movies stopping the taxi she leaned out and beckoned to the policeman who had warned her about allowing tom sawyer in the park see she said i have brought him out as i said i would then she burst into tears and the taxicab rolled on leaving the policeman standing in the middle of the drive open-mouthed with amazement tom sawyer recovered that is the one joyous fact remaining to be told 
i called at the hotel with phil a week or so later and found the spoiled creature eating cheese on a sofa cushion the doctor found no broken bones but only a severe nervous shock from which dogs as well as women can suffer and a sad disarrangement of internal works which owing to tom sawyer's native vitality gradually righted themselves his left hind leg was partially paralyzed when i saw him but was improving once more did i see tom sawyer miss mortimer had been called to british columbia for some strenuous movie acting and had left her protege with his friends at the big chicago studio he knew me and promptly sat up and begged for a piece of cheese of which i had providentially a small supply if i expected to find a subdued and dignified tom sawyer i was doomed to disappointment the last i saw of him he was dashing out into the yard with a silk hat in his mouth hotly and profanely pursued by fat and famous john morrow himself some dogs are simply hopeless End of story fourteen.